This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more podcasts at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint. It's more like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. It's uh, the timey wimey thing. Timey what? Timey wimey? I've I've no idea where he picks that stuff up. We are here for the timey wimey brunch podcast hour. <coughs> I'm Ronnie. Jay's with me like normal. This is a brunch. Why is there never any food? That's what I want to well, question. It's one of those hipster brunches. Oh, okay. Where you know you can either get food if you want to, or bagels, or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I missed that part. So. Yeah. Anyway. We have coffee. Do we have coffee? Yes. Mm-hmm. Couldn't couldn't make it without coffee. Yeah. Couldn't function. Um, so we took off last week. Right. Because we are slackers. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because neither one of us could think up something yeah, we couldn't find worthy it. to talk about. I don't know why we drew, both drew a blank, but we did. So. Yeah, and we both had pretty long weeks, too. Yeah. So, <clears throat> now we have something to talk about, though. Yeah, well, I thought about this the other day, and I'm <clears throat> I'm really not a person that pays attention really to rumors much, mm-hmm. and I don't talk about them, because they're all, you know, it's all speculation, and... Plus, I'm certainly, I'm sure as hell, not one of these people that goes down the conspiracy theory path. I just, I've got no time for that kind of stuff. It drives me nuts. My dad was really bad about that sort of thing, so <clears throat> I'm hypersensitive to it. But there is, I don't know if it's a rumor or just scuttlebutt that's been going around. And I don't, especially with Dr. Who, there's all kinds of blogs and websites and news sites and all kinds of things you go to. I don't go, I don't read them much. just don't have the time. Plus, most of them, when I do read them, irritate me because the people are just so maniacal about certain opinions. Right. But there's been a lot of speculation about Capaldi leaving after three seasons. And the question is, did he really, really want to leave? Or was he pretty much told by the BBC, you need to leave Okay. at this point. Yeah. So. What what did, uh, and this was probably going on his, uh, the scuttlebutt and stuff was probably from the Graham Norton interview, right? That's part of it, yeah. Okay. But there's just there's a lot of things that uh, kind of play into it. I mean, he, he said all the right things when he announced he was leaving. Right. That, um, you know, three years was pretty good run that he had other things he wanted to do in his career and plus doctor who is a pretty grueling schedule and it is i have heard well no, i i heard capaldi in another interview talk about the, sh- the shooting schedule the production schedule when they start they went something like 200 days in a row of filming yeah well he, not, he he's not the first doctor that would say that either because you go no. all the way back to to tenant <clears throat> you know in in the in the revised era, I guess. Right. So yeah, 200 days without a day off. 
Yeah. And you're going now you, pr- probably 12, you may not 14 act- hours. Yeah. Now you may not actually, everybody may not actually be shooting, filming every day because I do different things, <clears throat> but still you're always on, you know, I mean, they could call you at any moment. So yeah, 200 days without a day off, um, and traveling to different locations. Uh, <clears throat> they don't just film around Cardiff area. They do a lot of on location at places. So it's, it can be, yeah, I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing that. <clears throat> but then again, when you think about it, you get that that's 200 days, but then there are months, several months between a series. So you do get that recovery time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, um, that's one argument for not, you know, him and he's, you know, he's 60 now, so he's getting older, but I think, think he's, you know, in bad health or anything. So I'm not sure that that's, yeah, I don't think that really had a, although he is older. And so the regular, the, what do you call it? The rigorous s- schedule might take a toll on him more so than, you know, a different project would. Right. Oh, there's no question about that. Uh, you know, it's probably more grueling on him than it was on Matt Smith. Just for right comparisons. You know, and and another argument for him leaving right this at this point was that Moffat was leaving, and Moffat announced he was leaving before Capaldi did. Right. So. So it's kind of like um, when Davies <coughs> left and Tennant left, and then yeah. you know, Moffat came on and Matt came on. Right. There was, so there's precedent for that, and I can understand that because it's it's grueling enough working with a team that you know, but then you have to come in with an entirely new group. It, and from what I understand, it is pretty much, you know, um, Chibnall bringing it's a it's an all new production crew, writing crew. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's new from the ground up, so mm-hmm. that would be challenging after working three seasons with one crew, one group, and then having to do it, learn again, that would have been an additional challenge. Right. Yeah. Because not everybody's going to have their same stick, I guess, you know, you get comfortable. I would say the first year I would say would probably be like the comfort zone year. And then after that, it's pretty much routine because you know what everybody wants and what this camera, what you're supposed to do with this camera angle and you know, all that. But if you have, whole new crew coming in i would assume that it's going to be i don't know if it's just as hard because you know that might just be a like a cop-out type thing right because i mean they are they are professional actors so they're gonna have to deal with this no matter what oh but, yeah but but it it makes sense for him to bow out as the doctor and somebody else come in with a fresh crew right because you don't I, you know chibnall would say the right things but he wouldn't come out and say, but Jimmel may not have wanted Capaldi. Right. Yeah. You know, he may have wanted his, you know, <clears throat> he may have wanted the, the enough creativity, creative control to choose who the doctor, who he wants for the doctor. So that could have been a factor, although he says quite adamantly that he did not want, he was not, he was certainly ready for Capaldi to stay. Yeah. Because as a new writer coming in or a new showrunner, and you have somebody new, you're just going to hit, hit the ground running and not worry about baggage of seasons before. Yeah. You're going to stay with continuity and whatnot, or, you know, Easter eggs from previous seasons, but you don't have to worry about closing those gaps anymore. That's to where with Capaldi, you might've had to. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he might've gave the warm fuzzy and said, you know, I'm fine with him staying, but 
I'm sure it was a big sigh of relief that somebody knew was coming in. Yes. And I guess I had one final argument that would be for why he left after three seasons. And that was because of, of precedent because that has been with the exception of Tom Baker. I think most, almost every other doctor has stayed for three seasons. It's been about the average, right? You know, Hartnell was there for three years. Troughton was there for three years. Um, well, uh, Pertwee and Baker both stayed longer. Baker was the longest at seven years. Yeah. So, uh, but, um, and of course, Eccles still stayed for one season. But, you know, Tennant and Matt Smith both stayed for three seasons, roughly. It's hard to, it's a little hard, harder for Tennant because he did those. The specials. Specials, yeah. Yeah. So you can you think that really a season and. Uh, so. But, in natural progression, you're saying that three years is the natural cycle for a doctor. Yeah, I think there may be some psychological feeling that okay, this is kind of you know the precedent that three years is probably good as is good you know after that after that it may start to be stale, although it, I certainly don't think it has to be. Right. So do you think that's good for you though, or for us as fans that that you would it, it, say it's a rule but not a sanctioned rules like okay we're only going to have this doctor for so many seasons for that reason like you know let's keep it fresh and going and then once we start going stale then you know that end of three years is probably going to be up so we get to recycle again um you know i wouldn't want to see it as a you know a hard rule that says pretty much no no matter what's happening yeah you need to leave after three seasons right i would you know it Honestly, it depends on you know how how much you like the current doctor. Um, you know, I was I was plenty ready for Tennant to leave. <laughs> As you know, he's not my favorite of the right the new doctors. Right. Um, Matt Smith. You know, I, I enjoyed his run. Certainly, I think one of my favorites of the new group. But yeah, I think it's time for him to leave because his third season, I think, was the weakest. Yeah. As far as the writing seemed inconsistent, the stories weren't as good. And I don't know if that was pretty much of, of you know, Moffat trying to find his chops. But that really doesn't make any sense because he's had three years, plus he was on there before. So I don't know. I don't know. And just like with Capaldi, of the three seasons he was in, I don't know. I think his second season was probably the my least favorite of really? Capaldi's. Yeah, I just thought it went in – I don't know. I just uh, – some of the shows didn't appeal to me as much. Hmm. Well, see, because, like, I, I can see conversation or arguments for both things. Like, I, I understand it's not an unwritten rule, you know, we're having three years and then the doctor in or out, right? But like you said, like, Tenant is one of mine, but I knew it was coming to an end and it needed to be freshened up, right? Right. And then Matt came in, and I think... When he came in, like that first year, kind of like with Capaldi, really, it was like that first year, it was kind of a eh, so-so-ish. I don't know if I'm liking it or not. And then like the second season is really where they hit the ground running. And then the third season, only the difference with Capaldi's was like the third season, he really sunk in. And I think that's where he started to get his groove. And then that, now all of a sudden it's over. Right. As to where, like, <clears throat> like with Matt, 
Like, he hit his stride and groove, I would say, halfway through the second year. But then by the end of the third year, we're like, or at least for me personally, it was like, okay, we're either going to get something really crazy and really fresh, or this is going to get stale really quick. And then, you know, he regenerated. So I could see arguments for both, really. Because I honestly don't think Capaldi got enough seasons because i think he really hit his stride and really started to feel doctor moments right in the last half of the second year and uh in this third year right um <clears throat> yeah i'm 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 thinking about my feelings and see i thought for me personally you know my favorite season for matt smith was his first one i thought that first season that overriding story arc mm-hmm was really well done and really clever. Season two was great as well. Um, <clears throat> you know that whole deal with River Song. Yeah, it, that got a, it got a little heavy-handed in places, but overall it was a good one. The third series, um, well, I think the downfall where Matt Smith started going stale is when they changed companions. When Amy and Rory left, and they brought in Clara. Okay. I don't think I don't think Clara and Matt Smith were a good match. <clears throat> I just don't think they ever. And they only had half a season, right? To really, so I guess maybe they didn't have enough time to sink in and really make those roles and that race relationship their own. But I didn't think that was a very. I don't think they ever recovered from <laughs> Amy and Rory leaving. Uh, yeah, that's kind of that was kind of a new tackle too, right? As you're yeah. changing companions, like, right in the mid of a season type thing. Right. And they kind of had to do that. From what Stephen Moffat was saying in the interviews was that he it was getting to where Amy and Rory, their story was becoming more, more important than, yeah. the, than the doctor. Yeah. And he was saying, that can't happen. Yeah. You know, this can't happen with the show. You can't have the companions becoming the lead in the series. And that was what was going on. So they, they got rid of them. Yeah. It's kind of harsh, but I mean, that was sort of like what they had to do. Yeah. And, and it makes sense, really, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who. It's not the companion show. So right. if the companions start being more important or more popular than the Doctor itself, then something's not working and we need to fix it. Correct. No matter how harsh that sounds or not, but I mean, that's just logistics, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of. And. I don't know, Capaldi, I really, maybe I'm just the kind of person that I like new stuff because Capaldi's first season I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think he and Clara, I think Capaldi and Doctor and Clara made a much better match than Matt Smith's Doctor and Clara. I can see that, yeah. Although I think it took them a full season to really settle into that <clears throat> and kind of get, um, because, you know, she she expressed it right at the beginning of the first few episodes that she didn't really know him anymore she didn't she actually didn't like him his right. doctor as well yeah as you know matt smith's doctor she didn't feel that connection which i thought made for good television mm-hmm. that's you know the doctor and, and the companion has has become part of the show yeah and you, you and, don't i don't think you have to um have to uh i guess more is like the companion and the doctor don't have to get along to make it good TV. No, they don't. If it's and more that, of like a, a quip back and forth, 
then it, it might be or seemed more interesting than and banter than normal. Right. And some of the, like, you go back to the classic Who, there are occasions where the companions were just really, they were almost like caricatures. They were there, but they weren't really part of it. They didn't get very good lines. You know, they were just, they really didn't contribute to the show. Yeah. But some of the best ones are people, the companions that challenged the doctor, like yeah. the first, first Romana. Um, you know, I thought she was, she was brilliant in that role with Tom Baker and it's too bad she left after one series, but they dumbed down her character. She started out as very strong-willed, you know, intelligent woman. And by the end of that series, they had pretty much made her just the damsel in distress on every episode, yeah. always having to be rescued by the doctor. Yeah. And she didn't like that, so she left. She didn't renew her contract, um, which I thought was a shame. I thought it was a shame. But uh, so, yeah, yeah, I guess getting back, you know, I was talking about arguments for Capaldi leaving. Now, what about arguments against him leaving? And I think you brought one up. You know, he just he doesn't seem like he he was just getting into where the doctor fit yeah. with him. Yeah, like his attitude or his doctor. It just seemed like it started clicking there right towards the end. Right. And especially, I mean, I guess it's uh, just like anything else. The more you do it, the more comfortable it's going to be or whatever. And I'm sure that's the same with Capulti f- figuring out who his doctor's going to be. But, like, the Christmas episode with him and um, the first doctor where they meet. Right. And Bill. That's like, I don't know. I, like, I want to see more of that doctor. Or I would like to see more of that doctor. Because they're towards the two or three episodes before that. And then the Christmas special. Like, he to me... It's he started hitting home runs every time. Now, granted, mm-hmm. there's there's bright spots, you know, in the first two seasons of him being Doctor as well. But it just seemed like any time after that, it was like, yes, that's the Doctor, that's his Doctor, and he's just hitting left and right. Yeah, I agree. I think he was really coming into his own. I thought, I thought Bill made a much better companion for him than Clara did. I guess maybe I didn't care for her that much as a companion. I, mean, I didn't didn't dislike her as a companion, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, but see that that's um, the whole thing again is like opposites. Well, meaning. it's not an opposite. It's not an opposites thing. It's just I don't something about her just didn't ring with me as well. Well, well no. What, it's just, what I'm it's saying just personal is, taste. What I'm saying is like Clara was kind of like an old soul in a young body, right? Where, yeah. she, where she could be crotchety sometimes, you know, and snip it to Capulti as to where Bill was more younger and energetic. And then, and with Capulti was, you know, older and kind of set in his ways type thing and where they bumped heads a lot. And that made for better television, I think. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Hey, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. Um, and I think one of the strongest arguments for thinking that Capaldi didn't really, really want to leave was that he was a Doctor Who fan from early age. Yeah. I mean, he grew up being a Doctor Who fan. He wrote letters to the BBC. They they showed some reprints of some newspaper letters. You know, he'd write to the editorial department of a newspaper, and they'd print his letter. He wanted, to be, he wanted them to make him president of the Doctor Who fan club, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of stuff. So this was a lifelong dream of his especially after he decided to become an actor this is the thing that 
like the ultimate role for him. So if that's true and you finally get the role of your life, are you really wanting to give it up after three years? Yeah, right. Despite everything else, despite the rigors of it, despite all the yeah the things that go with it. And there's a lot. It's it's a it's you know a hard road. But also there was he took to it and he kept. He was more aware of the fans, I think, than a lot of other doctors. I've heard things that Matt Smith, that Matt Smith was a bit standoffish to fans. Yeah. If ever in public, you know, was not all that accessible at conventions and the such. Whereas Capaldi, after his his first Comic Con, you know, you read the story about him. He just left the hotel one day. Yeah. Uh, and started walking down the street, and they told him not. They said you can't go out there; you'll be mobbed. And he took. He ended up just walking and found himself down by the convention center. And people standing in line, and he's, you know, just going down the line and chatting with people. Yeah. Um, and people love that. I mean, it's a, he was really into the fans. And I think he understood the enormity of the role and what this what this means to people because he grew up with it. Yeah. You know, because of what it meant to him. So, I don't know. It's, yeah. That's, it's, it seems strange that he would want to leave after three years. Yeah. At least, uh, yeah. I mean... After the nicey nice PR stuff, I'd I'd really like to know like, was it really his call or was it not? You know, and yes, there was a lot of talk about the ratings. The ratings have not been as good over the last three seasons as they have. They've not been bad ratings, but um, they weren't tanking at all. I mean, they weren't tanking at all. It wasn't like it was bad enough that the show could have been canceled. Because when we say bad ratings, or when they say bad ratings. It's not like it was, like, you know, I don't even know how ratings go, but making like a 10 share and then all of a sudden it dropped to like a three share. You know, they were like a 10 share and then it dropped to like a seven or eight. It wasn't like it dramatically dropped to a five or a three. Right. <clears throat> well, and something else that you, I don't know, I don't know how it works either, but was the BBC looking just at ratings within the United Kingdom? Yeah. Because that's the thing. Uh, this show is, I just, it's crazy popular worldwide. Yep. yep. Maybe more so than it is in the in the UK. And I don't know if you, I don't know how you can measure ratings in all the other countries. You may not be able to. They may not have the, you know, pr- procedures in place for measuring ratings. But you know, I think you know the show's just as popular as it ever was, if, if not more. So it is more international than it's ever been. Yeah. There's no yeah. question about that. So, you know, if you're looking, how, yeah. So, how are they looking at ratings? You know, are they just looking at what's going on within Great Britain? Yeah. I don't know. But like I say, it, it, it was far from tanking. Far from tanking. Yeah. Um, there was no need to hit the panic switch one way or another, really. Right. So, and, and I guess so, with everything's. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. I was. I guess with everything said and everything I read and just you know my informed or I guess educated guess or speculation was Capaldi would have stayed for one more season yeah if they'd offered it to him I yeah. don't think he would I don't think he really wanted to leave after three I don't think he would have done probably more than four because I think that is <laughs> probably getting close to the end of what you can bear like, with that kind of a grueling schedule yeah and the overstaying your welcome type thing, or to keep it fresh, right. right? But I do think he would have. I think he would have stayed for this next season, had they allowed him to. Yeah, and see, and I think it was more of a. Now I don't know. 
I mean, I live in middle America, for God's sake, so I have no idea what the powers that be at BBC was thinking. But to me, it just seemed like, okay, well, ratings are sliding. Granted, you know, from, like, your and I's perspective of sliding from a 10 share to an 8 share might be nothing, but them, it, it might be hitting panic button time, right? Right. But then it's like, okay, well, we need to freshen it up. We need to go a different direction. We need a new doctor in here to do that. And I think with them bringing in Jody as a female doctor, it's the first time. And I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's like it wasn't a, an organic way to go, right? It was like, okay, we're going to do this to shake it up and hopefully skyrocket those ratings back to where we want them. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I can't, uh, you know, Chibnall has said in interviews that from the moment they gave him the show, from the moment they offered him the job, he said he always knew that the, the next doctor would be a female. Okay. Well, now, again, what people say and what they think are often two different <laughs> things. And, of course, he's going to say something like that in support of his, his choices. Doctor. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm taking him at his word for now. And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And, this is not like this is the first time this has ever come up. In fact, back in the 80s, when the show <clears throat> was really going downhill, the BBC was not really behind it. The writing was shitty. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about the Colin Baker or Sylvester McCoy. Right. Sidney Newman, the man who invented the show originally, he wrote to the BBC a long letter about what they needed to do to revitalize Doctor Who. And in that letter, he said – you need to consider a female doctor. So this is like, this is not anything yeah. that radical. I right. mean, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Tom, and Tom Tom Baker himself made a famous, very famous statement when he was doing a, his press conference or interview after he announced that he was leaving, and he made the statement something like, "I want to wish all the best to my successor, whoever he or she may be," and that set up a firestorm of you know speculation. Were they going to get a female doctor then? So right. You know, this isn't just something that came wild ass out of left field. Right, right. You know, it's something that's been discussed before, so I don't know why. You know, yeah. But, I, I mean, like, like you think, people are going to have heartburn over change. Oh, yeah. And when has there not been controversy with the announcement of the new doctor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ever. Exactly. Um, Every single it's just, time. Yeah. It's just a little more pronounced this time because of the gender change. Right. Anyway. No, but, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And... You know, I've been on record as saying that I didn't like it, but it wasn't that I didn't like it because of the gender change. I just, I, I thought it was more, it, it was obvious that they were going that way. And it was less of a surprise of who they were going with type thing. It was a surprise of the actual choice because there were, a lot of people were thinking they were going to choose a female doctor, but I didn't see Jodie Whittaker's name on any of the speculations. There was several women that were... Yeah. Listed before her, so that was that was a bit of a shock, I think. Yeah. Although when you think about it, not really, because she's been on Broadchurch, which is one of Chibnall's shows. Mm -hmm. So and um, you know, pretty much every showrunner that hit, when they choose a new doctor, they go with somebody they've worked with. Yeah. Um, and I mean, but I re go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that. I mean, why wouldn't you? Because I mean, you know how that person works. And, yeah, and because you know how that person works, you can envision other things, 
instead of like knowing somebody's acting chops but not being able to work with them then you're just like blindly hoping this whole max mitch mix match thing will work right exactly yeah well i'm looking forward to it no i am too i said i'm i'm always up for something new and fresh and maybe that's me and maybe it goes back to your question you asked earlier is changing every three years good for the fans i think it is for me i think it is for me i think i'm pretty much ready for something new yeah after although i would have certainly loved to see capaldi done one more season right uh, yeah i could see that. you know because i think he was i think he was really and especially with bill i think yeah he and bill are yeah she she definitely would not take any of his shit <laughs> yeah yeah, and that, and that was what was great about it. That's what worked. Yep. Oh yeah, I agree. And actually, it just it, it it worked out pretty well. Yep. Well, do you have anything else for this episode? I, I, I just a couple of things. I was reading some, came across an article about uh, little known things about Doctor Who. Okay. And I had a couple that were really interesting that I found out. Or you know who Benedict Cumberbatch is? Don't you? you should. Yes. He's, He's Sherlock. Yeah, Sherlock, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Um, he was con in the uh, Star Trek movies. Yeah. Found out that he was actually Moffat's first choice for the doctor ahead of Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. And was actually offered the role. He turned it down because, as his saying, he did not want the pressure of that role. He, well, he phrased it, he didn't want to end up on, didn't want to see his face on school lunchboxes. Right. <laughs> what, the funny thing about it is, this is before... I think this is right at the beginning of Sherlock, you know, before it really blew up. The funny thing is that he's kind of become that anyway. Yeah. You know, with Sherlock, especially with Doctor Strange, now he's going to all the cons because of yeah. that and Star Trek movies. And it's just, I thought it was amusing little Yeah, fact. well, another little twist on there is Sherlock hadn't even started yet. Right. So Cumberbatch got offered the Doctor Who role as to Matt Smith tried out for the Sherlock role. And so, and, um, obviously then after he did his Sherlock, um, read through, I guess, then, um, Dr. Who read through was in the same building, I guess. Yeah. And so he just went down the hall and tried for that. So it's kind of crazy that. Yeah. Well, Sherlock was a, also a Moffat show. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah though people don't know that. But yeah. I just thought that was funny, especially since like he's now at, Kind of, <laughs> yeah. The thing he wanted to avoid didn't, you know, he couldn't do that because yeah. he's a, he's a wildly popular now. Yeah, because now you're Doctor Strange and you're going to be on every school lunchbox out there. Exactly, exactly. The other one, other little trivia thing I found. It turns out that the first person that was assigned the job of designing the Daleks mm-hmm. was Ridley Scott. He was a designer for the BBC in the early 60s, and that was his job. He was going to – they initially gave him the, the job of designing the Daleks, but he was busy on another project. So they took it away from him and gave it to – gosh, now I've forgotten the name of who designed it. Uh, but yeah, it's just – that was pretty cool. I was like, I got Ridley Scott, you know, Alien, Blade Runner. All that, yeah, seriously? yeah. And then, you know, it could have been or – you know, I don't even know if his design even carried over to the new to the design that we know. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if he even got started on it. Yeah, so I don't know any specifics, but I just thought that was pretty interesting little trivia. Yep. So, but that was all. There's a bunch more, but I'll 
maybe save them for another episode yeah. <laughs> down the line. That's cool. Well, we're going to wrap it up then. How about that? Sounds great. All right. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Rombar316. You can find me at JForgets. And the uh, Twitter handle for the show is at TimeyWimeyHour. And we are... Ow. Okay, you used to be me. You've done all this before. What happens next? I don't remember. How can you forget this? Hey, hang on. It's not my fault. You're obviously not paying enough attention. Reverse the polarity. Why are you pointing your screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols. I demand to be incarcerated in the tower immediately with my co-conspirators, Sandshoes and Grandad. Grandad? They're not Sandshoes. That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Ooh. Nerdy Legion. NerdyLegion.com.